It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast on this Wednesday morning. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. The email address is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to write in on the docket today, we are previewing what looks to be a sensational Lausanne Diamond League meet on Friday. We are going to go live after that meet at what's time? Is that a 3 p.m. Central? I think 3 start, o'clock Gordon? Central. 3 p.m. Central. Terrific. So we'll be doing a live recap right after. Listen, sometimes you're like, I don't know what to expect from this meet. And you want to brace yourself if it's a disappointment. My hopes are astronomically high for this meet. There's no way this meet lets me down. There's no way this meet lets you down. There's no way this meet lets down anybody listening to this podcast. These fields are absolutely sensational from top to bottom. Uh, what there's like six or seven, would you say like must see races here? Yeah. I mean, the stars have come back. They, they haven't, um, put their spikes up on the shelf. They're putting them back on and it's looking like, you know, it's a weird break because of Europeans and Commonwealth, but I think everyone is getting back into the, into the run of things and running out these final few three diamond leagues with Lausanne first. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Before we, though, talk about what we think is going to happen, I think we always do need to caveat things about the conditions and the weather. So if we could get a weather report from Flowtrack Podcast Chief Meteorological Correspondent Colt Joyce, who we actually flew to Lausanne so he could do an on-site weather report. Colt, what what are we seeing for Friday's temperatures in Lausanne? All right, folks. Uh, it's uh, it's been a, quite the journey over here. Airports, you know, it's <laughs> not really, it's not really a good time for it. But uh, it's looking all right. It's looking like we're going to be in the seventies most of the day on Friday. Some scattered showers in the afternoon, so we'll see how that works out. But um, only only like a sixty percent chance. So we'll see what happens. That's all a high right, percent chance. Yeah, but a little and bit. It's of a couple days out. Bad. It's a couple days out. I don't know. It changes. We'll see. Yeah. Listen. As long as the temperature's warm, a little bit of rain is fine. They, they call them all-weather tracks for a reason. Humidity, as we know, as Colt knows, he's told us time and time again, it makes the air less dense. So you can see some, some fast times once the rain calms down there, if it rains at all. Okay. Great job, Colt, on that weather report. You're supposed to say back thank to you, you thank guys you. in the studio. Back to though. you guys. You Sorry, there's a, there's a pretty significant delay. I'm, up, I'm overseas, so... <laughs> All right, so here are the six that I have, because I said six to seven. Here are the six I feel like must see amazing races uh, from this meet. Gordon. And I'm just talking about the track events right now. Uh, women's 100, men's two, men's 15, women's three, uh, men's high hurdles, and then women's high hurdles. And then there's some other ones that are, that are still pretty good after that, like women's formula hurdles, because Femke Bowl and Dillo Muhammad are in it, which is it's just going to be fun to see how those two uh, match up against each other. But I think we should start with the women's 100, shall we? Let's do it. Let's ride. All right. All right. So women's hundred, we have 
Shelly and Fraser Price going back to the site of her personal best last year when she ran 1060. Elaine Thompson Hurrah was in that race as well, produced one of the best women's hundreds of all time. Shrika Jackson, uh, Marie Jose Toulou is on the start list. But I think this is really about Fraser Price. Can she run 10-6 again, or can she possibly go faster? It feels like we know her floor, and her floor is a high 10-6. What is her ceiling, though, for 2022? I mean, she's run off all these 10-6s this year. It's the best season of her career. Can she possibly top it with a a sub 10-6 clocking? Obviously, she's familiar with the track. She likes the track. This track runs fast. Given the conditions, um, maybe she'll be able to pull it off again. But what do you what do you think is in the realm of possible times for Fraser Price? I mean, I think this is the one. I think this is the one where we see the 10-5. It's a really good field. So in order for her to win it, she's gonna have to move. She's been creating a 10-6 baseline all season long. She ran 10, she's won 10 6 one, two. Three, four, five, six different times, including a 10 7 0. That's her baseline. So, worst comes to rust, she's running, worst comes to worst, she's running 10 68. But with this field, she's going to be pushed. I think that can get her into the 10 fives, and I think she gets a new personal best. So, I'm going with 10 5 8 for the win. Yeah. Let's, can we pull up her season one more time in the 100? Because, when I said her floor is 10.6, you might be like, oh, that, Kevin, you're being hyperbolic. But 10.67, 10.67, 70, which was in the rounds of the Jamaican Championship, right? Then you go to Worlds, she goes 10.8 and then 10.9. That's the first round of the semis. Like Theoretically, that shouldn't really count towards her times. And then she goes 10.67 in the final, 10.66 in Chorzow, 10.67 in Hungary, and then 10.62. Like that is ridiculous. The amount of times she's run in the 10 sixes. So I agree with you. I think this is the best opportunity to see that sub 10 six. Can she hit Elaine Thompson hurrahs mark? I don't think you can put that out of reach. Can she possibly, this is crazy to say, but because of what Thompson Rod did last year, can she get close to the 10 49? I, I think that's too much of an ask here, but if you're saying she's going to get into the 10 fives, well, that's not really too far from a 10 four nine. So I'm with you. I think we're going to see a sub 10 six here. We're going to see the third woman in history run under 10.6 seconds in the hundred. If I got excited for a moment, I thought there was going to be a point on this pod where you're going to predict a hundred meter world record and then no, no, not yet. The internet not yet. Freak out for 48 hours. Not yet. No, I'm predicting a Fraser Price PB, which if she PBs, it's a historic performance. So I'm I'm predicting, I'm going to say 10-5-7. I think she goes that quick. What do you think? Yeah, I think 10-5-8. So we'll see what happens. I, I, I think one thing I'm actually interested, I'm interested in seeing how Elaine Thompson hurrah does. I'm yeah. interested in seeing if she gets second or third. I think Sharika Jackson's been running well, obviously, you know, from the 200 to the 100. But Elaine Thompson-Hurrah has not been the Elaine Thompson-Hurrah we 
or used to last year. She did come off the win at Commonwealth Games, albeit a 10.95. She did run 10.81, third at Worlds. But she is not even, I don't think she's running the 10.6s yet, right? So no, yeah, she's only run one time in the 10.7s. It was a 10.79. Yeah. I'm interested to see if we're going to see a vintage Thompson Hurrah and her run in the 10.6 highs or something. Shelly's going to win, but I'm kind of interested to see who takes the second place, Sharika versus Elaine. Yeah, and this was the meet last year, as I mentioned, where Fraser Price beat Thompson Hurrah. So maybe she can turn the tables. But Fraser Price's season last year was different than Thompson Hurrah's season this year, if that makes sense. Like this feels like there's more of a gap than there was last year. The person you also want to mention, though, here is Tolu. Because remember how fast Tolu ran? In in Monaco, running that 10-7, like she's part of the reason that was a historically fast race. And I think her versus Jackson for second is going to be really good. And I think it's going to be another one of those situations where the whole field is going so quick that regardless of how fast, like Fraser Price, just by virtue of winning, is going to have to run something really fast. Like it's not going to be a massive margin of victory. There's too much talent. There's too much quality in this field because I think Jackson or Tolu could also go sub 10, seven as well too in this field. And then obviously you never want to count out Thompson hurrah, but you could have, this could end up being the deepest women's hundred in history. In history. Yeah. Put that, put that on a YouTube clip. This could be it. This This could could be it. it. I mean, Look at those. Well, PBs. we've been nibbling at the edges. Monaco was Monaco was fast, right? Like, and it was incredibly deep. But I mean, the fastest second place of all time is Thompson Haraz, ten sixty four from this meet last year, right? The second fastest second place of all time was Shrika Jackson, ten seventy one, in Monaco, right? Number the fastest third place time in history is Tolu. For Monaco, running 1072. Like all the people are there to make it the best women's hundred, the fastest women's hundred in history. I don't want to say best because people are going to put best when it comes to Olympics and, and world championships, but fastest, deepest, this could be it. And it could blow the rest of them out of the water. Yeah. I mean, let's hope for it. Let's hope for it. Maybe one of the Americans can get pulled along to a even better PB. So I see Tamari Davis, see what she does um, on the track. Leah Hobbs, she's been consistent all year. Tunisha Terry, same. She's had a, a few spikes of like, I don't know that's not the word, like uh, jolts of like good performances here and there. Um, so maybe one of those Americans can catch fire, and put together something special. And this what's going to, you say, the deepest run of all time. So if you're on yeah. the track, it's and a just good spent- yeah, it just depends how you, how you define it, but uh, someone in the chat says this could be the first race with four women under 10-8. Absolutely. Oh, it's definitely going to be Absolutely. the first now, race under 10-8. It's, I would think under 10-7. Four under 10-8. It's hard to get four people to run that, have great days on the same day. The situation, though, is Fraser Price obviously doesn't need a great day to run that fast, but then you are asking a lot of people to set PBs. So, also you know, what makes the deepest race? Is it, is it one through eight? Is it one through four? You know, we can, we can argue about that after, but all the, all the 
the, the personnel is there for this to be a, a historically fast race led by Fraser Price, who has the opportunity now to finally crack that sub 10 six barrier. It feels like we were just talking about can Fraser Price crack the tub sub 10 seven barrier, which now is a ridiculous question because that's all she does is crack the tub sub 10 seven barrier. But I think she's going to grab the headlines, but past her, it's going to be, it's going to be a race that you tell your kids about. Whoa. It's going to be a race you tell your kids about. Mm -hmm. You're putting a lot of superlatives around this, this upcoming put race. that on a clip too. put that one on a clip. I'm race. just giving you headlines. Okay. So you're going to tell you're going to tell your children tomorrow afternoon when they get back from school. Hey, you need to watch this. Not tomorrow. It's not until Friday, no, Friday. but yes, Friday if, if, if four women go sub 10, eight, I will be showing them the race. I'm like, listen, Ooh, no, this if, is four if four women go sub 10, seven, you need to call the no, school. Well, and have them sent yes. to the nurse's office to get picked up by you so you can break the yeah. news to them right away. Like, don't yeah, wait for them to get on I'll the bus. I'll pick them up. I will brave the car pickup line, which is rough. It's, it's a, not a spot any parent wants to be in to get them out of school early to, to show them. Yeah, if it's 10, ten sevens, then that's a whole other. That's, that's hard to believe, like four that are sub 10 seven. But even 10 eight would be. As we mentioned, historic in nature. I just want to see you be like, Dad, what's wrong? Did you see Tolu ran 10 6 8 and Jackson ran 10 6 7 and Thompson ran 10 6 7 and Frazier ran 10 yeah. 5 5? Yeah. No, they they like watching running. They've seen it. So they I like this is these are the this is it. You you're watching history. There's never been a women's uh hundred like this. All right, you mentioned some of the other people in there, Davis, Hobbs, Cambuji, Terry. I mean, this is a good field, top to bottom. So yeah. it could be a situation where it's this is the fastest eighth place finish ever, or the fastest seventh place finish ever to this is now getting a little this weird. is stacked. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying this is a this is a legit field. This is a world championship quality, Olympic quality final field in a historic era for women's hundred meter running. So it's like we're running back another world championships a couple weeks later. You were just adding a new word to that sentence as you were going. You're like creating it as you go. This is the well, that's what, greatest. That's what the greats do, right? That's for women in the history of the planet Earth. What's that, what's that called, Cole? What's that called when you come up with stuff as you're talking? I believe it's called. That's improv, baby. That's improv. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to Colt. Uh, if you're ever in Austin, check him out doing improv. Okay, let's move on to the next one that I'm excited about. Also, and if the winning time is above 10-7, we're not doing a pod on Friday. Just I'm going to put the other side of things out here, which is the show's canceled. Ooh, I won't, show's canceled. I won't be able to bear it. Yes, I won't be able to okay. face the listeners after hyping this race up that much. If it's like 10-7-3, I, I won't be able to come on the pod. You need Sorry. to learn how to deal with people on the internet not no. being in favor of your take. <laughs> No, 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 it's not the take. I have I'll a just master be class to teach you about that. How to handle people take. getting upset about no. an opinion. No, they're not going to be like, hey, Kevin, you said it was going to be the fastest all time, and it's not. I'm just going to be personally disappointed. Okay. So I won't be able to face them because I'll be in shambles. Uh, okay. Here we go. What's next? Men's 2. Men's 200. Let's talk men's 2. Yeah. Lyles, Knighton, Norman, Fanboulet. 
Jareem Richards. Is there any reason to think Noah Lyles is in jeopardy of losing this race? I mean, anything can happen, but I think Noah Lyles, when he put it out there, that give me a month and I'm going to flirt with the world record, you know, you have to assume he's not going to go backwards. He's going to try to run in the 10-4s potentially here, maybe even get back to the 10-3s. So I don't think anyone is ready to do that. So I think Lyles is going to win. I think my main thing I want to get out of this, I think this is a chance for Norman to now have his second 200 to like show what he's actually capable of. I think Norman's going to surprise. And I think Norman's going to get second in this race. I think Norman's going to run like 10-5. I mean, uh, 19 5. 10 5. 19 5. 5. 19 5 high. 19 5 9. Norman. All right. But you think Lyles is going to win? Yeah. Lyles win like 19 4 or 5. Yeah. So we forget how rare it is to go sub 19 5. Bolt only did it four times. In his career, Michael Johnson did it once. Johan Blake did it twice. Lyles ran right at 19.5 once, but if you're going to say faster than 19.5, he's only done it twice. So if he runs in the 19.4s. But he did it twice that, in like the same month span. Sure. July 21st, but I'm just saying August his, 10th. Sure, but I'm saying it's rare. If Bolt only did it four times. Now, I know Bolt didn't race a ton, especially – in a, he could have racked up more. I think it's fair to say. If Bolt wanted to run more times under 19.5, he just needed to show up and, and run more races, and he could have done it. But if you're just looking at the all-time list, Bolt's only done it four times, and there haven't been that many performances 19.4 or faster. So even if he does that, even if he's off his PR and nowhere near the world record, it's still a historical performance. We can't get... We can't lose that point of it. Uh, I'm not as optimistic about Norman running that fast. I do think it'll be a good race for second, though, because I want to see what Knighton has. Fanbele, uh struggled in, was it Monaco? He was pretty far back in that race. Um, and then Dream Richards has been running well post-World Championships as well, too. So you have, I think, a really good battle for that second spot. Andrew Hudson, we talked about running... Um, and winning NACAC, running 19-8. This is a good one. This is a good, this is a this will be a good battle. Um, I think it's gonna be Lyles and everybody else, but the everybody else is is gonna be entertaining. Yeah. If Norman does run 19-5, though, will you officially put him on the Nike four by one over Kenny Ben Narek? If he runs 19 five, yeah, 1959 or faster, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, I will officially rescind my take i'll put it in writing i'll send it to whoever needs to send it. if you run slower than that will you rescind your take absolutely not okay well that's if he runs nineteen six zero, i'm still gonna believe it well how about this if he runs slower than 75 how about that no because you're out of, you're 80. allowed to run slow because there's like no pressure on this race he's just He's just like, you know, well, experimenting with the two. There's got to so, be there's got to be stakes on it in both directions. There can't just be one way. If you just run slower than there's got to be some number that if you run slower than you'll take him off. If you run slower than 1995. <laughs> okay, that's fair. There you go. Well, 
Let's see. He's going to do that. Watch. He, I'm going to be like, God dang it. If he goes sub, so if, you, if he goes, you think, 19, under 19.6, which, again, I don't, that's tough. You got a bunch more bolt performances between five and six. You have Gay in there at 58, Gatlin in there at 57, Walter Dix at 53. But it's still a small group. There's only been 21 performances in history that have been under 19.6.0. That would be that would be remarkable. It would. My my thinking oh. is if if it if he runs nineteen five nine, then Lyles is posting something ridiculous because I I don't think I think Lyles is a, a Much decent yeah, margin ahead of, of of Norman. So then you're talking about him recreating 1920s. perhaps his Eugene performance yeah. or faster. Cool. Can you bring up the start list again for this race? I got a question for you. For me, yeah. So, who gets to choose their lane and in what order. So obviously Noah Lyles gets to pick his lane, right? He gets first choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Who gets second choice? Knighton and then Norman. Knighton over Norman, even though Norman is a world champion and yeah. Knighton is a bronze medalist? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those are so still Norman preferred. Gets- yeah, those are preferred lanes. And then and then I think Fanbelay and Richards in some order. Well, give me um, the order. I want them to I want to know the order of them getting their in their preference of lanes. So Lyles gets first preference. Who gets second preference? If you're the meet director, Knight, what's the order? Knighton. Knighton. Okay. Norman is third. Fanbelay is fourth. Richards is fifth. Ogando is sixth. He ran really well in Eugene. Uh, Hudson is seven, and Dobson is eight. Sounds is that good. all you had? That so was the whole. That was. That's all I want to know because I I want to know what you think yeah. their orders. Okay. Who has the best agent? I don't know. That's probably the real order. It's agent <laughs> rankings. Using agent so power rankings. I can't even tell you who everybody's agent is in this field. I could maybe do two or three agents here, and that's all I know. So, I think, I mean, no, if you're in the inside, how many are in this? One, two, three, four, five, six. Is that eight? Yeah. My main thing is, yeah, one I think in, Norman will one get in, second preferential treatment over Knighton because of age and establishment of his career. Yeah, but I don't think it really matters because as long as you're getting something in the middle of the outside of the track, I think you're fine with it. That doesn't make that. It's the people who get one and two are basically screwed. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a problem. Because you're, re- you're really good if you're at this meet. The same thing with the Diamond League final. You're really good, and then you're getting a lane that you are not used to running in or ordinarily aren't running in. It, yeah. You know, Olympics, World Championships, you get it, but that you earn that one, theoretically. This is a little bit more subject, a lot more subjective where you're getting your lane. So if you had designs on pulling off a big upset and you get stuck in one or two, it's just, just makes it that much harder, but only so many lanes on a track, Gordon, you know what they say? Is that what they say? Only so many lanes on a track. Actually, you put that on, put that on a t-shirt. No one's ever said that. They just said there's eight or nine or six. Next race. Ready for this one? Mm -hmm. How about let's go to the mid mid distance side of things. Men's 15, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Timothy Cherry, Oliver Hoare, Josh Kerr, uh, 
Abel kept saying. And, uh, and look at uh, Jake Whiteman. Garcia. Oh, wait. No, he's not there. There is no Jake Whiteman. Jake Hayward. Oh, it's, be it's because, you know, Jake Whiteman was running European, so none of the European guys showed up to this race. Oh, wait, it's all the Europeans in this race. Oh, it's, you know, where's Jake Whiteman? Where is Jake? Uh, he qualified for the Diamond League final. So we got to see him there. We just got to. We got to. We can't go 0 for 3 on potential races, potential rematches with Jakob. We can't. We can't have that. I mean, there's a lot. There's extra Jakes in here. There's a lot of British guys in there, but we didn't get the combo we wanted, which is Jake Weber. But listen, everybody else is here. Wouldn't you say? Yes. I mean, not. Katir isn't here, I guess, but you got you got Hor who won Commonwealth. You got the big two from Kenya, Chariot and Kipsang. You got Kerr who can mix it up. Lemmy ran really well this year. Uh, Garcia has been just incredibly. Mario Garcia has been incredibly consistent. I mean, this is this is going to be similar to the men's two hundred. We have one huge favorite here. We expect Jakob to roll, but. This the field that's assembled. If there is going to be anybody who's going to pull an upset, it would come from this. Well, say for Whiteman, it would come from this group. Yeah. Who do you think is the second favorite? I think I Kip saying has run every race this year. He's run a ton. Chariot, I don't think has won. A, has has pull up Chariot's stuff, uh, Colt, if you could go back to his profile up the top, Timothy Chariot. I don't think Timothy Chair's won a single even heat this year. Like he hasn't won a round in the fifteen hundred of the mile. So I'm gonna, but he always is there. He's always in the mix. So I'm gonna say yes, yeah, second. Oh no, he could Kenyan semifinals. He got he won, but uh, he didn't win any even in the heats at Worlds. He got second in Commonwealth. I think Chariot would be the guy. I I don't think he's done. I think he's he's still right there. Uh, tactically, I think made some mistakes at Worlds. I think he he ran for gold in that situation, and I think he could have got a medal if he was a little more conservative. But him and Kip Sang really went for it, so I, I'd say Chariot would be the the best bet to beat him. I think uh, Oliver Hoare, coming off of the Commonwealth win, I think it's a good pick. He would have been, I think. We got to look at his failure to make the final as an aberration and not a norm. It's like, look at the way he was running. He was running well yeah. all season long. Once 330 just recently. And that 10th place just six, six, stick, sticks out like a sore thumb. So yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think Hor might surprise and find a way to challenge. I mean, no one's beating Jakob, but you know, I think he could finish in the top three. Sure. It is yeah. Looking at these results, so you he ran the he ran a mile twice, right? Second at Pre, second in Oslo. Then you go back up. Look at his fifteen hundred meter results. As you mentioned, he won Commonwealth. He got second at at Sound Running. He won a race in Australia. He got third in Birmingham. Like he was so consistent. And then in one semifinal, he gets tenth. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like that that one race did not make any sense for Oliver Hor. I think yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think it's a good pick for a different reason than Chariot, but I I could see him for sure running Jakob to the line again like he's done before. 
How fast do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be under 330. Under. Over under 330. Under. 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 Really? Yeah. So it's going to be yes. like it's going to be like a Monaco 1500. It is. And I'm looking what's you know a Monaco 1500. Let's see. Monaco in 2015 they had four guys under 329. That might be too much to ask for. <laughs> Monaco 2021, they had five guys, or sorry, four guys under 330, it looks like. Or no, they had, yeah. You're right, though. Monaco is the way to, is the way to phrase it. I'm looking at this. Yeah. So Monaco 2014, they had seven guys sub 330. <laughs> That's a lot. Seven guys sub 330 in 2014. Yeah. So it, I don't think it'll be like that, but I think you have to look at like Mario Garcia Romo ran three thirty, and there's guys obviously who are are more experienced. He's proven how good he is, but that just goes to show you what the standard is now. Um, so there's a lot of guys capable of running that fast. You look at people with based on PBs, so. I think it's going to be – I think I'll say – I think four guys will go sub-330. Okay. I'll go with I mean, three guys. Look, you have – when you have – Three and a half guys will go when you have, Yeah, when you have the fastest guy in the field, like the best guy, the favorite, the most credentialed guy, also wanting the race to be fast, that just changes everything because yes. he'll take – Jakob will take over from the rabbit and keep the pace going, so there's – not going to probably be that third lap slowdown, and that's just going to get everybody around, and he's going to pull people to quick times. So I got four. Four's my number. Three and a half for me, which doesn't make any sense, okay. but I'm going to go with it. Yep, makes zero sense at all. Let's talk about, let's stay with the distance side of things. Women's 3,000. Now, who is in this race? Answer, everybody's in this race. The start list just keeps going. Like you just scroll and scroll and scroll and it's got so many names it's almost like you're just like drawing them out of a hat like someone's like who who can we get we got a, a bunch of money left over it's like hey sifana son boom she's there oh laura muir yeah, why not hey nian saba she was hurt for worlds now she's back cool awesome let's get um five of the best ethiopian women to show up including tai who's been really good this year uh, on the american side you got norris you got alicia monson um you have uh, Kip Kemboy, who medaled for Kenya at the World yeah, Championship, Klosterhofen. Oh, Crane, excuse me. I didn't, I didn't scroll all the way up. That's what I'm saying. This is, this is a, a start list where you have to be willing to scroll a bunch. Uh, Klosterhofen, just a one gold at Europeans. I think ultimately this is going to come down to the race we thought we were going to see in Eugene. We thought we were going to see it twice. And that was Sifan Hassan versus Francine Niansaba. And I don't know what sort of shape. Nian Saba's in after the injury. We do know Hassan is getting close to back. Right? She had everything but the finish in Eugene. And then post-Eugene, she goes on and she wins that 3,000 in, in Poland, looking more like her normal self. So if Nian Saba's anywhere around that range, we know how good she is. And this, this is the thing that we started talking about at the end of 2021 as a storyline for 2022 that didn't come to fruition because of injuries and because Hassan got such a late buildup, I think we'll, we will finally see Nian Saba v. Hassan. Yeah, I don't know, though. I'm kind of worried that the Nian Saba might not be 
as good as we would want her to be. I think she hasn't run since May. She's coming off injury. I don't know if it's going to be as She's great really as good you're, though. you're building it up to be. High expectations. That's Kevin's mantra yeah. for this meet is everybody's going to be at their best and I'm going to be disappointed if they're not. I mean, she, she's run so this year. It's She's run this year. It's not as if she's just coming off of not competing at all this year. She's running the 820s. I just, it's more a testament to how good I think she is that she can be off her game and still compete. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm picking Stefan Hassan to win. I, I just think Nian Saab is going to be in the mix though. Okay, fair enough. I just especially if it, especially if it gets slow, and that's the thing, right? Is someone going to take on this pace and really push it? Laura Muir is an intriguing entrant here because Laura Muir ordinarily loves to push the pace, but in a three thousand, I think she's going to be content with letting it come down to a kick. Um, and it's crazy that she's running because she's been so busy too, with Worlds, to Commonwealths, to Europeans, and now to Lausanne. No rest for the week. Yeah. Wait, uh, a British athlete like willing to race one of the best fifteen hundred meter runners in the world in Safana Sun? Ooh, you like you like it? You what? like it? I like it. What? what? I'd love to see it. What's the male version of that going down? What's going on there? <laughs> hey, Jake, look at, Wyman, look how many So she gets third uh, at Worlds, wins Commonwealth, wins Europeans. She also got third in the eight hundred in Europeans. Or sorry, in Commonwealth. So she got two medals in Commonwealth, one in Europeans, and then one in in the World Championships. So she's got four medals. I, do you think she thinks there's medals at stake here? And that's why she she's might, going. She might think there's a lasagna medal. Which there should be, by the way. Do you think they sell lasagna like, in lasagna? Because that would be awesome. I think, uh, I think each lasagna, diamond lasagna? league. Like, come on. Each, each, don't you think each diamond league should have. Okay, thank you. Each Diamond League should have sweet medals, don't you think? Because winning some of these Diamond Leagues is like a bigger achievement than some of these uh, other championships where you get medals for. Yeah, I mean, what... But we don't want like too many medals. We don't, yeah. You don't want to turn this into the participation Olympics. Come on. There's got to be a... Well, it's not participation. It's top three. It's like that's all... Yeah, but... all again, I think it'd be cool, like... Or like a Stanley Cup type situation where you keep it for a year, like your name is etched on it, and then you got to give it back. I think that'd be fun. Or they get like a little map of the world with little circles, circles cut out in each city, and you get like Korem, I can't say that word. Oh, commemorative what? coin for every time you win. Yeah, you get different colors for your victory, yeah. and you try to collect them all, like you're collecting like a Pokemon Go set or the Fifty States quarters, something like that. Yeah. And everyone walks around with their giant poster board into the stadium and like, oh, I got the 1500 win. And then they put it in. You know? <laughs> Something like that. Colt, is that a great idea or the best idea you've ever heard? Ooh, the best. Okay. Well done. Or what All else right, do next... we give out? Maybe um, belt buckles is a thing. Americans do belt buckles, but I feel like no one wants to wear a belt buckle anymore. Um, it's more of a Texan thing. Maybe, Maybe there's some just something like, unique with each stop. There's something that's unique to that city. Yeah. That they get. But kind of like, I like when the, Kobe Bryant was retiring, he got like a weird thing from every city. They got yeah, like a surfboard yeah. or whatever. So what, what do you get from Lausanne? 
I mean, we could do like we could do like bowl game like trophies and have a bowl of lasagna. We just tie back in Gordon's idea here. Yeah, it's bowl not of lasagna. lasagna. Imagine everyone just got bowls of lasagna and they're eating it on the podium. Like okay, you know, right. like the, the whole like moving. that'd be fun. I've been Next to race lasagna. I want to talk about. And I cool. It's right. uh. Let's keep moving. To, beer is a thing. Beer is a big thing there. They're drinking a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. All right, we're running out of time. Men's hundred, ten meter hurdles. Are we though? We have unlimited time. Yeah. There's no, no time. Wait, Colt, there's no deadline. Colt is very. Your kids expensive. are in school. Your kids are in school. You have nothing to go to. We can take until I four hour pull them out. Until I pull them out because of the women's hundred in Lausanne. So then they're home. No, Colt's got to go in twenty minutes. Where does he? Colt, do you got to go? Men's high hurdles. Yes, I do have another show. Yeah, right after this. But. Yeah, see. Some of us respect the producer's time. They don't talk talk about lasagna. I think lasagna the lasagna is. idea is a really good idea, though. I just want to back Gordon up on that. I think Thank it's you. great. Thank you. But that has no connection to lasagna. Just the, the words sound the same. That's it. That's there's no. That's not. Reasonable. They sound very equal. They're like exactly the same word, almost. Okay. All right. Holloway, Cunningham, <laughs> Hansel Parchment, Pascal Martinau Lagarde. Men's high hurdle race. I, I put it in, in the must watch just because, uh, especially you have Holloway, Cunningham, Parchment on the same spot. Holloway, you know, went sub 13. I think he's obviously got more there. And now that he's wrapped up his, his world title, I want to see it. But also, Trey Cunningham's just been in the mix the whole season. So maybe there's a shot for an upset too. This race can go one of two ways. And I'd like to equate this race like how you would respond if you go to a social gathering and you, not only do you see your ex-girlfriend, you see two of your ex-girlfriends. And you got to either go into that situation with confidence and be like, I'm better now, or you wilt and you can't handle the awkwardness of seeing two of your ex-girlfriends in the social situations. That's what Grant Holloway's going through. He's seeing two Jamaicans who have upset him when he should have easily won in Rashid Broadbell and Hansel Parchment. So he's seeing both of the Jamaican guys, his two negative moments in his young career. Is he going to rise to the challenge and overcome it? Or is he going to wilt and be like, I can't handle the reminder of my Olympic loss and the reminder of the Continental Tour loss? Like, if Devin Allen was there, oh, Grant Holloway would be like, what is going on? People are playing jokes on me. You're putting everyone who has beaten me recently. I think Holloway, though, I think this is when he gets his sub-13. I mean, he already has a sub-13, but I think this is when he gets, like, a dominant sub-13 win. I think he runs 12, like, 9, 4. Did you like my, my uh, analogy? You didn't like it. No. No, it was not. It was a good analogy. I mean, that's, you just described literally competing in any sport against people who beat you. That's how it works. You compete. No, but for Grant, it's different because Grant is not supposed to lose ever. When Grant loses, it's news. So, and when the, the, those two guys are there, it's going to be You just named three people who lost, who beat him. And then if you go back uh, even farther, he lost outdoors. Indoors, he didn't lose. Outdoors, he loses all. Not all the time, but he loses frequently enough. 
I mean, what does that have to do with the girlfriend too? Having an ex girlfriend like that? No, I don't understand just, that. Anyway, I don't know. It's just yeah. like a, a wasn't awkward, your best. You don't want to be reminded of when he wasn't at his best. You know, you want to be reminded of his greatness. So anyway, <laughs> take it back. I guess it made sense in my head what I was trying to yeah. say. Yeah, I think that's, he wins. I think he wins twelve ninety four. That's the downside of this being a lot a live thing. Yeah. yeah, you probably should have started with that, and then we could have just done the other stuff. Okay, I, I just I'm interested in. Uh, I'm interested in Cunningham too. Like he's been going on for a while now. Like how much longer can can he go on? But you know maybe he can crack 13 seconds as well. Women's high hurdles. Yeah. Amusun, world record holder. In the mix, uh, Jasmine Camacho Quinn, Kenny Harrison, and Brittany Anderson. It just anytime someone breaks a world record and breaks it by that much, you you want to see them compete again you want to see not necessarily if they'll do it again but how close can they get and then you have someone Camacho Quinn who's also knocking on the door of you know sub 12 too and was the huge favorite coming into the year like how is she going to uh how she can respond she gets another shot at racing Amazon so this this event has been super deep all year. And I think because of its depth, it was hard to pick out. Like we all thought, okay, Camacho Quinn, cause she won in Tokyo. She's got it. But there was so many people in that, in that 12, four, 12, three range. And now we have someone who's asserted themselves. It, it puts the event on a different level. Like you watch it in a different way because now you're thinking, all right, Amusan is the favorite. She's the world record holder. She's the world champion. Can anybody match that? And that just changes your perspective of, of the race. And I think for a lot of people adds an extra level of interest to it. I mean, depth is great. People love depth, but people also like it when a war record holder is running against a tough field. I know your high expectations in all these events. I think this is going to disappoint. I don't think it's going to be the fireworks from worlds. I don't think it's gonna be that fast at the time. I think it's gonna be a winning time of like 12, Three eight. I think the weather's gonna have an impact on it. I just, no, it'll be faster. You're no, wrong. You're, you're wrong. wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get another world record. I don't think we're gonna get another world record. But they're gonna run under twelve three. Uh, Colt, zoom in on those those seasons bests. The SB column right there, on the left, because you got you got Harrison who's run twelve twenty seven this year. You have Camacho Quinn who's run twelve thirty two. You have Brittany Anderson who's run twelve thirty one. You've run to- and you have Toby Amundsen who's run. 1212. Then you have two other women who have run 1249 in Ali and Jones. Yeah, it's going to be so. What's the number you said? 1238? It's going to be faster 1237. than 1238. It's not going to be faster than 1237. No, it's not going to be faster than 1237. Yeah, it'll be faster than 1237. I will bet you a significant amount of money it's going to be faster than 1237. And really? My point, my, my, my point before about. Come on, Kevin, bet me. Yeah, I'll bet you 10 bucks. <laughs> 10 bucks you want me to do the Mitt Romney the $10,000 bet what are, what are we talking about here this is like it's you said be... significant amount of money and then you're charging me like for two subway footlongs like what's, okay what, what do you here? what do you $20 not even it's what's probably one because of for you? $50 I'm gonna win Maybe. this bet how much money do you want me to take from you that's the question well you gotta give me no, I'm not. No, this? I'm not gonna give you better odds. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bet you straight up 
Stand by your take. You said it's not going to be fast. All right, 20 you're bucks. We'll, do, we'll, reali- do, we'll keep it. I'm realizing. You're realizing I'm not, you're wrong. Well, no. Yeah. I'm not realizing I'm wrong. May- I'm realizing that I'm taking on more risk. Yeah, because you made an idiotic statement, and now I'm going to get money off of it. And, okay, and well, be, tw- be appreciative that I'm not taking more money. Okay, so, so now. $25. No, $25. you know what? $37. Okay. $37. Fair. The chat That's is witness. witness. The chat is witness. <laughs> I mean, listen. I My point is, though, I'm, I'm going to win the bet, but I'm going to put that aside. But, like, even if it's a 12-5 or 12, I just think it's – you have the world record holder, you know, who just did this ama- – and this, this event that's just gone to another level competing. Even if they run slow – Comparatively, I just I just think it's interesting because anytime you have someone like that, you just want to see them race more. It's just the the nature of of watching someone smash through a barrier. Like you want to see what's next. Yeah, pun not intended. I don't mean a literal barrier. I mean the anyway. All right, so I, I'm putting that on my must watch list. You don't have to. Um, you're gonna lose thirty seven dollars. That's gonna be awesome. Um, other ones I had circled: women's four hundred meter hurdles, Femke Bowl, and Dilla Muhammad. I think. It's just going to be cool to see the two and three all time compete. I don't know. Did you have any other running event stuff or field event stuff? No, I did not. Browser throwing the shot, uh, which would be good. They have a women's four by one. It frustrates me that Jamaica won't run this and just break the world record. Just like you're all there, like all three of just get one other person to show up. <laughs> Can you just do this? Lazan always does this. It's like serving up the women's four by 100 war record on a platter for, for for them to take it in the last two years and then they're not gonna do it um and that's frustrating uh women's tr- we got rojas in the women's triple we do so that could be exciting let's see oh women's eight it's not a diamond league event but and you, you can see based on the field but you got uh sinclair johnson's in there lamott Allie wilson and what was the other one I had listed here? Oh, the where was it? Sorry for making that noise. That was annoying. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, I apologize. I didn't hear a noise. What did you do? Oh, women's forward. I just breathed weird into the mic. Okay, good job. Uh, women's women's four hundred. No Miller Weibo. Uh, but you have Sada Williams, who just got second to her at NACAC. Paulino is in there. McPherson, McLeod, Clover, Kazim. I mean, you you got a a solid group in there. You have a lot of the finalists or a lot of the top ten, but you're missing uh, Shawnee miller Weibo. All right. Time for the final segment. I'm excited about this. 30, what should I do with the $37? This is great. Reinvest it. Double down. Make another bet with me. See how much more you no, can get. I, I, see, what you don't realize is I pick my spots. I just wait. I'm hiding in the grass, and I wait for you to make a dumb statement, and then I pounce right on it. Just like one of our colleagues did 2018 NCAAs when you said Nathan Allen would beat Michael Norman, and then she just pounced right at that moment. And then as soon as you made the bet, we were like, wait, what? Why did you, why did you do that? I believe in Nathan Allen. He was so good. 
He was good, but Norman, clear He's favorite. Right. And you lost you lost a lot of money. All right. Uh, internet coach. Yeah, so we got an update from Jason. He was the 50-year-old wanting to run the 100. And he hadn't, he hadn't been doing much sprinting in the past few years. But he had been doing some endurance stuff. So he says, uh, thanks for the suggestions. Great hearing on the podcast. However, after hearing it, I realized I didn't provide completely accurate information. So the cool part is that most of your suggestions I've already been doing. About three months ago, I started jogging. I weighed 221 pounds. My last triathlon competition was in 2009. I weighed 180. I'm not fast right now. I can run six miles at 930 pace or one mile at 650. Down to 200 pounds. Started strides two weeks ago doing 3 by 30, 3 by 60, 3 by 100, or 8 by 100, 3 by 100, 2 by 200, 1 by 4. Not sprinting them, just control, but as fast as I feel comfortable, maybe 15 seconds on the hundreds. Still pretty good. That's, that's, that's moving. Um, also been doing box jumps, 5 or 6 times 20, uh, oh, 24 inches, um, or 5 times 10 at 30 inches. Also, my knees are completely fine. To get done in blocks, haha. Gordon made it sound like I was 90. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you look at the results, so he wants to win nationals, remember? Yeah. So he says, if you look at the results from the last few nationals, I'll need to run low 12 seconds to make the finals. That's my goal. It won't be easy. I haven't timed, but feel like 13 plus is attainable with little training. I have 11 months to get to 12 2. Eight qualify for finals, but this year only six made it back to the blocks, probably lost a couple to hamstring pulls. <laughs> Only third place ages out for next year and three finalists in 45 to 49 up to 50 to 54. I'll keep you updated on my progress. Um, okay, so yeah, thanks for the update. That's quick though. I don't know what I expected, but that's pretty quick. Low 12. To get to the finals. Yeah. Just to get to the finals. But It is quick. The, the joy will be in the journey. Right, it's not exactly. it's not about the outcome necessarily. So, listen, you you're on the right track. Um, maybe a little bit of lifting. I don't. Does he say he's lifting? Maybe some some just in terms of injury prevention. That's that's what I'm worried about. Um, I say you know what Gordon said. Be careful with the start. I say double down on the start. I say that's where you're going to get your advantage on the rest of these guys. Maybe they're good starters. You can become a great starter. Why not? That's a technical element. If you put the time in, you can get it done. You become think they're going to have the same starter. type of technology that these other um, starting blocks have had with Devin Allen get DQ'd, all this craziness? Or do you think it's going to be well, you know, he, high school he style find that out. blocks and you can <laughs> just do whatever you want? Yeah, your teammates sitting behind you, putting your feet underneath them. He needs to find out. He needs to buy. He needs to buy the exact replica of the blocks and just become an incredible star. Like you need to become those Shelly and Fraser Price of the men's fifty to fifty-four coming out the blocks. Kevin, I have a great idea. High for risk, those, high reward, though. I have a great idea how how for this for him to get this this one right. There's a new TV show on HBO by Nathan Fielder called The Rehearsal. <laughs> For yeah. those who haven't seen the show, it's a great show. Six episodes. Watch it. Binge watch it on HBO Max. The premise is he rehearses situations for people, for real people, for them to overcome whatever challenge they're trying to do. Like tell someone 
an embarrassing story or whatever. And he recreates it to an extreme detail, recreating the room, yeah. recreating the people. It's very funny. Watch it. So our boy Jason here, he needs to do a rehearsal. Yeah. He needs to recreate it. Recreate yeah. the location of the track, take find out where it's being filmed or being held, get a picture of it, understand the landscape, understand the weather, mm-hmm. understanding the color of the track, where it lane is gonna be in, and rehearse it. Rehearse the start. Have someone listen to the announcer from the previous year and have someone do a, a similar voice to that announcer. Yeah. So the audio is the same. You want the weather to be the same. Everything be the same. Hire some uh, some um, local fifty year old actors to like get into the blocks next to you, so you kind of feel like the or vibe athletes. of them breathing next to you, or just athletes. Get some yeah. training partners out there, and then rehearse yeah. the start over and over again. And so when it does come to it, eleven months from now, you will feel like you've been doing this your entire life. You'll have the most confidence. Mm-hmm. All the nerves will be gone. You'll be like, it's just like another rehearsal. And boom, mm-hmm. you run 12 too. Yeah, I'm looking. So it's at A&T in Greensboro, it looks like. 2023 okay. Masters Outdoor Championship. So yeah, you could you could recreate that track. Uh, bleachers are kind of big on that one side. That might be t- I mean, maybe you could literally, I don't know, they have it open for the public. You could, maybe you could get, get on the track at some point. I don't, I don't but know. Where notice this, this track is like blue. So you should yeah. not be doing this on a red track. You need to be doing this on a blue track. Yeah. So find a blue track, yeah. a local blue track. Very important. Yeah. Color matters. <laughs> yeah. And you need to have, you, you need to have the starter, right? You need to have the exact process that you're going to have yeah. um, come championships. But he's starting early. So that's good. He's got, yeah. he's got a while. Cause that's in what it's going to be in. He said July, I think in the first email. Yeah, 2023. Yeah, it's July. Yeah. All right, keep us updated. I want more info. My my advice, it could be bad advice, but it it's d- double down on the start. Uh, Gordon's is rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And Colts, I'm and watch, watch, Colts, the, watch the TV drink, show first. Water. Watch the TV show for yeah. hydration, inspiration, and water for yeah hydration according to uh, Colt. I, we need to find out where he's based out of because if he's in a spot where we're, you know we're gonna go, maybe we could help with the rehearsal. Yes, that'll be good. I know you have a, do a whole... I know you have a busy you have a busy fall travel schedule, so it might be tough to squeeze in where he's going. Uh, we can find where, where he's gonna be, but yeah, maybe you tell us where you are. Rehearsal. This is gonna be the highlight of my 2023. This run race. I'm all update. in on this. We're all in. Yeah. On you, Jason. I'm gonna be invested. I need. I never have a uh, a dog in the fight when it comes to Masters Championships. You know, kind of. I'm kind of, uh, you know, impartial, objective. But this will put it over the edge. I might become like a super fan of the Masters Championships because of this, and uh, we can recap it on the pod too. All right, another internet coach. You ready? You ready to give some creative advice here? Yep. I say creative because I feel like we keep we keep giving kind of the same advice, like be cautious, like don't overdo it, but you know, maybe we need to go outside the box with this one, but okay. This is from Seth. Seth. He uh, writes in and says, I'm setting a goal for myself to PR in the mile. I'm going to enter an open indoor meet in the mile in Albuquerque in January. So that's altitude. 
I'm 23, and my PR is for my senior of high school 449. I have not competed collegiately, but stay in pretty good shape. I have PR'd in every distance longer than a mile after coming back from a Mormon mission. 1038 in the 3200, 1650 in the 5K. My most recent race was a marathon in December of 2021, where I ran 304 with about 45 miles a week of training. My training since the marathon has been really inconsistent due to being in a nursing program and a summer job doing manual labor. Right now, I'm in about 530 shape. After running only a handful of times this summer, what would you recommend to get into 440 shape by January? How soon should I start speed work? What kind of mileage would be best? Any workout ideas? Thanks so much. Love the show. P.S. Gordon, keep going for the wild takes. Keeps it interesting, and one day you'll get one right. I don't know about that. I'm looking for that white whale when I get one yes. right. That white whale. Yeah. Hmm. What do you got? Well, the manual labor sounds like he's getting some lifting in. Lifting in, like yeah. So that's a good thing. Don't stop that. Mm -hmm. Keeps you strong. Mm -hmm. He did say he's. I thought that he would be in more shape, saying he's only running five thirties now, because you know three hundred five marathon. You got to be fit for that. So he's clearly yeah, but that was fit. back in. Oh, one. This is, oh. he hit the situation that a lot of people hit post, you know, post high school, post college, where you get out of shape very quickly. That's true. And it's really tough to get back in shape. And everybody always says every time you try to get back in shape, it takes a little bit longer to do it. I think good news is I think you can run this time. I think you can too. The challenge is, the challenge is it's, you got to start now and you got to be very committed to it. Because it's not like he's trying to run 420. No. I mean, 440 is, is doable when you're in your, and just in good shape and healthy. And you have the experience of running that. So he's yeah. not like a first-time runner. So it's a doable challenge. So that's a good start. The fact that he's doing it at altitude is going to be a little hard because 440, sure. 9 at altitude, that's probably more like running a, a 440 flat. So you're really yeah. going to be nine seconds better than what you're trying to do. Yeah. So unless he trains at I altitude, think, he might be from he might be from Utah, so that might not be a, a big of an issue. So he was doing forty five miles a week. I think get back to that. Yeah. Build back up. Build back up to that. I wouldn't do speed workout until you're you know, serious speed work, I wouldn't put in until you get back up to that level of mileage. Um, but throw in some shorter stuff just to break it up, some tempo runs, cruise intervals, things like that. You know, like three times six minutes or six times three minutes, things like that, where you're spicing up your runs a little bit. But 45, if you were able to handle 45 before, I would keep it at 45, just, except this time you're not doing a marathon. You're just going to start adding that faster stuff when it comes time when it comes time to do it i mean everybody's got a you know favorite staple mile workout that they do everybody runs a ton of quarters usually but i just think get to 45 first here's the thing you got to think back to when you're in high school and you ran this 449 like what type of 449 was it like mentally for you like did you benefit from the fact that you're in high school because you ran that race with nothing to lose or were you like a lot of people in high school where in retrospect, you probably could have done a lot better because maybe you made a ton of mistakes in terms of pacing or in terms of the workouts you did. 
leading into it, or maybe you got too nervous, maybe you overthought it. And now with the benefit of age, you can get better just by leaning on that experience, right? Maybe you can go deeper into the well because you know you're literally not going to die out there and, and you can become smarter. Maybe you'll be better at pacing. Maybe you'll be better at using your competitors throughout the race too. So that's stuff to think about maybe later on down the line. And that's something that can give you a boost, but I don't know. Don't you think 45 would be a good place to get back to? Yeah. I mean, listen to everything Kevin's saying. My only one advice is because you ran your 449 in high school, I think you need to kind of trigger those high school um, memories and, or even just your high school habits. So you need to no, I think figure go the out other what way. you ate for lunch in the cafeteria in high school. Like what was your no, go-to high school that. cafeteria meal? And you need to eat that yeah. for like a week and to get your body kind of into that high school calorie intake of whatever it was. It may backfire. Don't get me wrong. This may be the worst idea ever, but also might be the best idea ever. Recreate your high school meal plan and uh, see how that affects your body for the good most... or, or the worst. So most 23-year-olds in distance running are going to be better. The 23-year-old version of yourself theoretically should be better than the 18-year-old version of yourself. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah. The only reason they're not is because people stop trying. Yeah. Right? And they, mm-hmm. and they lose focus. So part of what you're saying is true if your habits were good, like get back to those good habits. But if your habits were bad, I'm saying, hey, you could have been even better in high school and now you can hit that time now because you know what you did wrong and you can course correct because you're not eating Cheetos like right before the race. Like, I don't know, or just having the perspective. Some people, again, they tried too hard when they were in high school and having less pressure on them is going to make them do better. Now, some people are the opposite, where now they realize, oh, I'm not racing for a varsity letter. So when it gets tough on the third lap, you're just like, what am I doing? I'm 23. Yeah. My focus should be on my fantasy football team right now and my <laughs> nursing career. Like, why, am I, why am I doing this? This is stupid. So you got to get yourself in the right mindset to do it. You have to use the lack of pressure and the lack of stakes to your advantage and not to your detriment, which I think is hard to do. Cause I had those moments. Like I remember when I got back into serious training post college, I'd be in the middle of this, like a six mile tempo run training for a half marathon. I'm just like, what am I doing? You're like, what, what, like, what's the, like, what you like, you have to be very motivated, which is why training with someone helps too. try to find a training partner. Yeah. That could help too. And, uh, Find the, the, men, the, the your high school cafeteria menu and uh, try to replicate that for a few days. That's my advice. Yeah. Colt, any advice? Oh, oh you know, just, just drinking water. That's pretty much all I got. Stay hydrated, Colt's go-to I mean, advice. altitude, you need to stay hydrated in altitude. That's actually a really good thing, though. So the altitude is going to be tricky. So if you already are at altitude, that's going to be a bonus. But if you're not, I'd look at some conversion tables or something just to see what what type of shape you'd need to be in at, at sea level. But Do I got breaking news? Albuquerque. I can never take you seriously when you say this. Is this real? It's Jake Whiteman breaking news. He is. What is it? He's running. Lazan? No. He's oh. running the Fifth Avenue Mile on September 11th. Uh, got him. 
Wait, hold on, hold on. If he doesn't run the Diamond League 1500 and decides to just run his final race of the season on a road mile, oh, that would be that would be awful. Again, let me, let me just say what I said on Monday. If I was Jake Wyman, I wouldn't be running at all. I'd still be on that yacht in the Mediterranean. But as a fan, we all want to see him run against Jakob Ingerberg. If you had to list the rematches you wanted to see from Eugene, that'd be at the top of the list, wouldn't it? Just because there weren't yes. that many upsets. I mean, I'd love to see a thing Mo and Keely Hodgkinson run it back. Not as much as White. That'd be cool. But you can't make that long of a list. There aren't that many other races where there was this upset or this nail biter type race that you want to see happen again. Like it is that one, which is why we're belaboring the point. Please. Jake Wyman's totally going to end his track season and just end it with a road mile. It's dude. Get the money, go to New York. I mean, a lot of cool stuff to do in New York. I don't blame him. I'm just frustrated by it. All right. That's the pod. Thanks for listening. Is like, it? subscribe, tell your friends. We'll be live Friday, 3 p.m. Instant reactions to Lazan. And Gordon will be $37 richer. I want everybody to think about that bet while that race is run. And just when like three women go sub 1237, it's just going to be amazing. I'm not going to charge you extra for that. I just want to let you know. Fair enough. I appreciate that. It's going to be. Tremendous. Thanks, Colt. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Colt. Peace.